Welcome back to the Girl Stop Playing Podcast. It's your favorite homegirl, Coriel, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I'm bringing you the information and the conversations to help you make the money and get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. Now, before we get into today's special conversation, please go ahead and like this video. If you are listening, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and be prepared to share this episode because it is going to be full of some good girl talk. Now, we've had several conversations here on the show Um, with the intent of bringing forth some of these uh, topics that are taboo, even though they're normal, common. And I feel that when you find yourself in um, a situation that you didn't necessarily prepare for, if you have not been exposed to conversations about similar situations, then you'll feel like you've done something wrong. You'll feel like you're a failure. You'll feel like you're the only one that's ever been through that thing or experiencing that specific thing. And so part of my purpose here with this podcast is to bring forth people who have been through some real things so that when life starts life because life is gone life when you find yourself sitting on the other side you know that this is normal that you can keep going because you've seen other people who have been been able to do the same and so today we are getting into a conversation around divorce as much as we do not want to consider that our marriage could potentially end up in divorce it's literally 50 50 chance right either it is or it ain't. And statistics will definitely scare you into thinking that you don't stand a chance at the happily ever after. And even though I am a huge advocate for marriage, I like to be realistic. And I, as a wife, want to know what are some things that I can do to hopefully ensure eternal happiness, because I'm trying to follow him into heaven, into the gates. Okay, so I want to know what are some lessons I can learn? Like, what are some things that I should avoid? What are some signs that I can be on the lookout for? So today's conversation is hopefully going to be healing and helpful for all of us. So welcome to Girl Stop Playing, ladies. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. So let's go ahead and just, I want to allow y'all to properly introduce yourself. So we'll start here on the end. Okay. Well, I am Tara Seals. I am the bossy educator. I've been in education for over 20 plus years. I also have another business called the um, Body Decor Boutique. And I do a plethora of other things, including consulting, workshops, and uh, keynote speaking. Got you. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, my name is Tamika Scott, right? I just want to... Emphasis on the Scott. Okay. Because I can't quite drop the right right now. So I'm Tamika Scott, right? I'm from Atlanta, Georgia, born and raised. And I'm a serial entrepreneur. Um, Pretty much got my hands in a little bit of everything. And your current relationship status, both of you, I should have asked, sorry. I'm divorced. And I'm married at 14 years, happily. Say what now? My man, my man, my man. Listen, a happy woman is going to make it clear. Happily married, right? Put some emphasis on the happily married. And so we have um, a variety of perspectives, which I always appreciate from a once happily married wife, I'm assuming, right? There was some happy. We're going to get into it. Okay. (laughs) A once happily married woman, which again, nobody walks down the aisle anticipating or expecting or even contemplating usually 
sitting, you know, in front of a divorce court. Nobody wants to do right. that. That's not no. the intention. And so this conversation is meant to, again, pro provide resources, provide a different perspective, and hopefully provide healing for other women who might, right. you know, be experiencing something similar who feel like, well, I just messed up or I did, you know, like it, it, it's challenging when you feel like you're the only one going through a thing. Mm -hmm. So I would love for you to share, both of you to actually share mm -hmm. Um, like not your love story, but like the foundation story of when you met your husband. How old were you? Where'd you meet him? Give us the the um, details. Okay, you want me to start first? Yes. Sure. Okay. You happy? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I was 29 years old when I got married. We had a private wedding, um, just me and him, which, in my opinion, made it even more special. Out of the country. Um, and we've been happily married for 14 years. I have a bonus son. He'll be 26 on Friday. I have no biological children. Uh, has never been a desire of mine. Uh, I'm a village to so many other children as a special needs teacher. And um, that's the place that I like to stay in with that. Um, when it comes to our love story, we started uh, out meeting each other and talking to each other about doing a business venture, actually. So that's how I met him. And um, he is the apple of my eye. And he's just a cool guy. He's just, you know, the I always say that we are a really, really good match made in heaven because we are very honest with each other. Our, our relationship started off as a friendship. And so I always say relationships and marriages that start off with friendship as the basis, you know, it really make you look at things and deal with things better in your marriage. So mm -hmm. that's us in a nutshell, the seals. The seals. Okay, Mrs. <laughs> Seal. What you got, Mrs. Miss? Right. Miss Scott? <laughs> Miss Scott? Miss Scott. Miss Scott, right. Well, I actually met my ex at the age of 24. Um, he was my son football coach. Okay. So that was like something I was trying to stay away from. I was like, I can't be dating my son's coach. But the more, of course, he was on his team, the more he kept pursuing me. And we eventually started dating. And we was dating for like a year before we actually came out in public and said, we're together. Mm -hmm. So, and I was a special ed teacher. Really? Like, um, so that at the school where he was coaching at or not? No, no, no. He okay. was coaching for um, recreation. School. Okay, gotcha. But I was a teacher at the time when I met him. Gotcha. So I was 24 years old. And you all were married for how long? Uh, we got married in 2010, divorced 22. So that's 12 years married, 18 years together. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the things that you mentioned, Tara, that I've had this conversation or heard this just several times is the foundation being friendship mm -hmm. and just the feeling that kind of goes along with doing life with your best friend. Or, mm -hmm. I don't want to say best friend, but doing life with a friend, mm -hmm. right? Somebody mm -hmm. who you like beyond the love. Yeah. With that being said, Tamika, did you, do you feel like you had a uh, friendship foundation or what do you feel like the foundation of your relationship was? Um, for certain, the foundation was our love for kids because okay. I was a teacher at the time. He was a coach. So he used to have me going to pick up kids for practice and, like 12 kids at the house spending the night. So our foundation was just a love for kids. Gotcha. Um, I wouldn't say really a friendship. So I'm curious because sometimes the element of like we're sneaking around, nobody really knows, that can be like a good thing, right? Y'all are strengthening y'all bond because it's almost like a us against, not against the world, but we got our own little thing going on that nobody else knows about. So that could strengthen your foundation. On the other side, that could provide less of a strong foundation because some of the things that you would naturally do publicly or your friends could naturally see things because your village can see this person and vet this person that you're dating. Some of those things don't happen 
if you're dating in secrecy. And I don't want to say in secrecy because it, y'all were doing something wrong, but not in the traditional sense of how you would just be loud and proud and out with the person well, that you're dating. because of social media. Back then, social media wasn't uh, um, a big platform. Well, did it your was... family and friends know? Or yeah, it just family... like the people at the football team didn't know? The family definitely knew. My son, we, I was trying to keep, keep it from his son. Gotcha. It wasn't about nobody else but my son. Gotcha. So yeah. how did that affect... Did his response, like, how how did that go over after the year? My son didn't approve of it. Really? Even after a year? He didn't. Hmm. He didn't. Do you think that that, did, do you feel that that played any role in the foundation of things? Because I can only imagine that if everybody's not on board, there's a feeling, an energy of everybody not being on board. Not really, because I was in the space of my man, my man, my man. I was just blind to this is what I wanted. And it was just about my needs at that time. Gotcha. So it was like, you'll get on board eventually. I'm a pause, Ty. I see what's happening. Sorry, y'all. The TV went out. What is happening? <clears throat> All right. Um, where did I want to go next? So you bring this conversation to your son. Tell me about, like, what transpired from that conversation? What was actually the point where you decided, okay, now's the appropriate time? Were y'all talking about marriage? Like, what was that initial? It took us about six years to get married. Um, I remember one day I was actually going, driving to the football field, and me and my son was riding. I just asked. I was like, how would you feel if I date your coach? And he was <laughs> like, no. And I was just like. But th was this after the year? It was almost towards the year. Okay. It was towards the year. And I'm like, how you feel about me dating your coach? And he was like, no. And I was like, why? And first thing he said was because he's going to make me practice all the time. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is not a good enough reason not to, you know, proceed ahead. But later he told me that just was the first thing he could think of. But hmm. he really didn't approve it. So hindsight being 2020, do you feel like, there was, because I think that children a lot of times can pick up on energy and just things that we as adults with all of our other things going on sometimes can't see. And I'm not saying he did, but do you feel like he really had a valid point or something that he saw? Or do you think it was just some petty little, I don't want my mom with this guy because he mean to me a practice thing? Well, I can say yes now because we ended in a divorce. Like, okay, yeah, he was right. But it did take 18 years to get here. And um, my son, his relationship is not as strong as my relationship with his son. Wait, your relationship, your son's with him versus you with his son. Right. Got you. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So I can, I can say, yeah, he was right because I ended in a divorce, but we did still create a lot of memories in 18 years. So it did work for a little while. And you all had children together. We have two together. You have two together. And then you each had one. The same age. So how has the um, split affected the co-parenting or the the raising of the children? Um, thank God because of the judge. <laughs> we do share on um, parenting rights. So we're like one week on, one week off. So every okay. week we rotate the kids. So co-parenting is great. Co-parenting is like no problem. Even as when it's my week and I have something to do, I'm like, hey, can you get the kids? He get them, no mm -hmm. problem, and vice versa. So when it comes to parenting, 
we're on the same page. Got you. Got you. And then, Tara, your perspective um, in relation to divorce comes from the child's perspective, mm -hmm. which we don't often get to hear from. Obviously, not too many children are being interviewed on podcasts to talk about their experience with divorce. However, mm -hmm. as we have these conversations about relationships and mental health and interpersonal relationships, childhood issues is at the forefront. It's at the foundation of it's all right of that. There. So <laughs> even even though I didn't invite an eight-year-old child to come sit on my couch, a lot of times that's who's showing up come on. because we have not dealt with whatever that was going on, you know, at eight. And so we get stuck there. Absolutely. And it takes years of therapy to try to get mm -hmm. unstuck. And so I love that you're able to speak from an adult perspective mm -hmm. on your childhood experience. So can you talk a little bit about that experience and what made you even, you know, go as far with that experience to write a book and help other people with dealing with it? Absolutely. So I want to first of all say that Children love their parents together. Mm -hmm. I've taught thousands of kids at this point in my career, and I've never heard a child say, oh, I want my mom and daddy to be apart. You know, it's cool going over my daddy's house, and then my mom is somewhere else or whatever. They yearn for that family function. They want that. They, um, they, children need their mom and their dad. Mm -hmm. This is the bottom line. And no role is more important than the other. Oftentimes we'll say, oh, well, honey, he can't do nothing without his mama. Well, guess what? He can't do nothing without his daddy either. Because I can tell you, because I'm teaching them every day. The both roles are just as important. So I was a, a child that loved my family. Like my mama and my daddy was my everything. My granny and my grandpa was my everything, you know? So being in a situation as a child and then you see your family structure dismantle from what you, number one, would prefer it to be. Mm -hmm. And then number two, you have no control over. And number three, you have not been communicated with about what the hell is about to happen. You're like, why am I being left out? Am I the issue? Uh, why has this not been communicated? So that's how it shows up or it showed up anyway for me as the, as the oldest child. Um, and then having that, that's, that's younger sibling, that is my little brother that you're seeing that is being exposed to this. So you're a little bit more, uh, hesitant to, you know, I, I was more, I was more inclined to basically inclined to make sure that he was protected. Mm -hmm. Like I was even more of that big sister, like, oh, this is my little brother, you know? So, because I knew how it felt and I'm like, wow, if I feel like this, I know he's younger, but only imagine how he feels. Mm -hmm. So I was torn to pieces. Um, it was a very, very hard point for me. Most of the time, it's very hard for for children, rather, when their parents are divorcing between the ages of 7 and 14. That's when it hit the children the hardest. But we definitely have to look at what the facts are. The stats say 40 to 50% of all marriages end in divorce. And 50% of marriages that have children involved are end in divorce. So we have to really look at, like, what are we doing? Is it we're not picking the proper mates or we're not vetting the people that we're um, are we not going into the marriage intentionally? Why are we going into the marriage? Is it the fact that we just want the baby bump and the gender reveal? Is it the fact you just want the wedding and the blah, blah, blah? And then when it's over, it's the commitment, which 85 percent of people in marriages because of lack of commitment. Mm -hmm. So I always go back to what, what, what are we doing exactly? We knew the educator was going to bring us some statistics. So yes, to your point of you, <laughs> to your point of the statistics, and you know the numbers are so discouraging. They are. You love, love. You believe in love. You, you my, know, man, you, my man, my man, my man, my man. man. You don't want to believe these things, right? Mm -hmm. You said that you and your husband had a private um, 
a private ceremony, just the two of you? Out the country, just the two of us. I would love to see the statistics on the strength in relationships when they had that $100 David Bridal's dress <laughs> versus that $100,000 wedding. Mm -hmm. Because the people who I know, mm -hmm. just personally, like just mm -hmm. the couples that I know, mm -hmm. not that it's a all or nothing, but the majority of the people who they they weren't so focused on the wedding that they like uh, dismissed each other or they, you know, became like the bridezilla. Like that was not their focus. Mm -hmm. And you can see it in the marriage that they've created versus mm -hmm. the people who were at each other's next planning this crazy Hollywood wedding mm -hmm. and they really don't like each other. And now they fighting about the debt they in. And they, you know, they were just focused on something mm -hmm. else versus the people who didn't care about all that. They just exactly. like, we love each other. We might have a wedding one day, but today mm -hmm. we're going to go down to this courthouse. Or we Keeping gonna do, the main thing, the main thing. We're going to keep the main thing, the main thing. Worry about the marriage. Don't focus on the wedding. Um, and so I love that, you know, that seemed to have been your perspective mm -hmm. is that you were not so focused on this grand thing for other people. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna have a whole episode on weddings one day, y'all. Cause I'm <laughs> let my feelings about my... I had a grand <laughs> wedding. I love my man, my man, my man. We did the private Vegas, you know, eloped just me and him. And my food self still came back and did the stupid wedding. Uh... One of the worst decisions ever. Really? One of the worst uses of my money i can't my wedding was fun so i want to so i want to ask <laughs> tell us about your wedding let's talk about it what was your what was you all's wedding experience um i planned the whole entire wedding of course and decorated did you i did um we had a nice wedding it was um downtown us downtown mm -hmm, overlooking mm -hmm. centennial park new year's eve wonderful wedding like it was the best part. i was like the last one to leave my wedding I love that's it. how much fun i had did y'all have fun together at your wedding? We did. I, was, I don't remember. Let me see. Did we have fun together? I had fun. That's the thing, was, though. I feel like my husband had so much fun at our wedding. I and fun. I feel like I was just looking at him have fun. <laughs> oh, my really? goodness. Yes. Weddings are stressful, but you weren't stressed. I had one hour sleep um, the night of the wedding. I was just so excited to get How, What was your husband like during that experience? Was he, like, involved in the planning and the... And he was just going with things. He was going with like that. It took me four months to plan the wedding. You really did all of it. You did it. Yeah. You knew what you wanted. Well, our situation what? was kind of like Muddia. <laughs> in in what way? It was a Muddia situation. Well, he proposed on a Friday. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> on the Saturday, we discussed the wedding budget. On that Sunday, we invited some people over to have a small, uh, quaint ceremony. You know, just a little celebration uh -huh. of us uh, being engaged. And then the following week, we uh, went to New York and celebrated for a week by ourselves. So it was kind of like a muddy situation. That Friday, that Saturday. <laughs> but you know, when you know, you know, right? When yeah. you know, you know. So, again, hindsight being twenty twenty, for someone who may be a married woman, she is not a happy wife, but she is a married woman. And she does not know yet. Like, she's teetering back and forth. She does not know yet. Can I really, you know, stay in this forever? Or should I start considering alternatives? Being on the other side, are there any red flags or things that you notice now that maybe someone who's in it might not be able to see? Because it's so much easier to see once you're on the outside than when you're in it and kind of blinded by Thanks. things. What are some of those takeaways that you can share with someone else? I'm going to say the biggest thing for me, personality conflict. Mm -hmm. Like she said, um, you all was friends. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can't really say I had a friendship. It was more like we loved each other. We had, you know, passion for each other, whatnot, but it was a personality conflict. 
So it was like little things we'll argue about. Give us an example. Honestly, we argued one time, remember, um, which which gets something out your teeth better? Was it gum? What was uh, It was gum or something. It was like so minor, like so stupid. But y'all were mad. We was really going at it, like having a real argument of which one would work better. Wow. So it was like, I think when you have a mate, especially a man, just a man, an alpha man, he has to know when to kind of bow down. You Submit know, to his wife, because I think it goes right. both ways. He had to know which battles to, um, which battle to just let go. It's not even worth it. So I think a lot of times we was just clashing because it was a personality conflict. I'm an alpha. He's an alpha. It just didn't mm-hmm. go the way up together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I kind of um, transitioned throughout the 18 years. Like I said, he met me. I was a, First, I was a secretary assistant. Then I was a um, school teacher. And then I became an entrepreneur. And once I became an entrepreneur, it was like I was a whole nother person. Mm-hmm. And did that kind of play a, did you becoming, are you evolving into, I don't even know if it's who you are now, but into that version of yourself in that season, did that put a strain on the relationship? Or how did you, how, how did that show up for you? Because a lot of women have a hard time taking off the boss hat and being a submissive wife or just being the same woman who a man married when you are evolving and growing and mm-hmm. becoming. I definitely um, changed. I can say I changed because I was a more submissive at one point. And when I became to my myself or who I know I am now, I became a boss just naturally and I was able to do it good because I had that foundation of being a secretary. I had that foundation of being a special needs teacher. Mm-hmm. So all those things helped me to be a boss so easily. Mm-hmm. Like I was able to be a boss in my sleep. But could you easily not be a boss? Like when you needed to turn it off? Or what was the conflict that your husband uh, found in that transition? You know, your strength and your weakness were kind of the same. Mm-hmm. So mine was, I like to run everything. <laughs> it is, but... When I run everything, it ran correctly. That's what. But I he ran. disagreed with that. Right. Because I'm dealing with an alpha. He's a real alpha. So it was an ego thing. It was a personality conflict. I might work well with someone else. And he might work well with someone else. But us together, it just wasn't working anymore. So did you all ever um, explore any resources for like conflict resolution? Like, did you... Find counselors or therapists or before he walked out of counseling, told me I'm telling these people all our business. <laughs> well, yes, that's what you right. that's most that's what, that's what you asked me. Yeah, we, yeah. we tried that. Um, <laughs> I purchased a book by William Harvey, His Knee, Her Needs. I love that book. I heard that. I tried that. to dissect that book and do the test in the book. And so we tried a lot of different things. It was just we wasn't, we just grew apart. We just wasn't working out together anymore. Who ended up filing? I did. I filed three times, actually. Did you? What happened the first two? Um, the first, then I'm also give you a bad story. Like, um, a lot of our conflict came from, we had a legal situation. Okay. So we had a lot of um, life stuff that got in the way. So we lost the home. We went to prison. You know, it's like. Y'all both went to prison? Yeah, we both went to prison. Can we talk about that? We'll talk sure. About that? That's in the book. Why don't we start there? What, okay, <laughs> hold up the book so we can get the prison story. Hold up the book. What's in this book? The thing. No, just put your hand on. Okay, the official official cop comes on. Okay. All right. Now, listen. Why we didn't start there? It's about to get it was spicy. About the voice. 
it is about to get spicy because that well, that was a part of it, right? I think I think definitely getting the legal um, the case together definitely um, caused us to get a divorce because we was arguing all the time. We was pointing fingers who was to blame, and it was a lot going on. So without getting into too many details, unless you want to give us all the details, you can give as many or as few as you'd like. You got into some legal trouble together. Y'all both went to prison separately, obviously. Mm -hmm. Stayed married. We've got seen. out, still married, mm -hmm. and then how long before? Well, the, the first time I um, filed divorce, he was um, still incarcerated. He was incarcerated probably about a year at that time. I filed. He came home. We was trying to work it out, but he was only home for about a month before I had to go turn myself in. So I filed again, but the the day that I had to go self surrender came before the divorce day. Gotcha. The divorce court day. Gotcha. So that was the second time. So the third time, when I came home from doing my prison sentence, um, I was home about a year when I actually left him. And how long were these sentences? Uh, mine was 18 months. He was 24 months. Wow. Okay. Well, that that definitely throws in a different dynamic. And we called this case um, 2011. So from 2011... To 2015, it took us to get indicted. So that's four years right there. So what was your relationship like during those four years? At, was there any point where that was like a strength? Like we're, we we only got each other. We in this together. At first, at first, that's how it started off. Then it just, I think the more materialistic stuff we started to lose, mm. it started causing friction on his part. Gotcha. Yeah. That's so that's where tough. that's where a lot of the finger pointing started and it's your fault. You shouldn't did this because of this. This is why this. So it was like I'm thinking it's supposed to be the time we was together because I had life of a wife brand. So I'm still trying to walk the life of a wife mm -hmm. and represent that to the fullest, but it was just too much stuff going on. So I originally know you from the life of right. a wife brand, right? So talk a little bit about what that was and at what point point in your relationship did you start the brand i actually started 2012 like i said we got married new year's eve of 2010 so the next day was 2011 gotcha so no so i started in 2011 and it originally started from just a picture someone took of us off guard i was like um surrounded by my bridesmaids and we was just talking in my wedding dress and they um posted the picture on facebook i was like the life of a wife and I was like, I like that. Mm -hmm. The life mm -hmm. of a wife. So first it was just something cute because of the name. And then as I started living life of a wife and talking to other wives, because all wives are not happy and my man, my man, some portray that way. Mm -hmm. And Because mm -hmm. I did it for a while. Mm -hmm. You know, you try to save face that I'm happy, but then you shut the door and you're not happy. Mm -hmm. So I started um, finding out all the different versions of life of a wife. Your version is not the same as hers. And like everybody's version is the same. I mean, it's different. And when I actually started doing the pop-up shops and I was having the wives come, I was like, oh my God, my situation's not that bad. Because you hearing different stories. So it was more so I wanted to create it like a like a sorority. A community, yeah. Yeah, a community just wives just supporting each other where you can vent if you need, so you can get resources if you need, so you can just connect with like-minded wives if you need that support. So when things started getting rocky, how did you maintain, like, 
your mental? How did you maintain your face? Especially because you, like you said, you have branded yourself as life of a wife. I am Mrs. Right Way. Yes. Everything was about Everything was about surrounding marriage. that. How how did he, like, was he on social media? Did he? He wasn't. He wasn't into social media then. Um, everything I did at that time. And, I, and see, this is the thing. We's in, we're in a great place now. So I don't want to say too much bad stuff, but it is the story and it is the past. But back then, he was against it. Mm-hmm. Everything I was doing, he was kind of against it. He had a problem with it. It was always negative speaking about it. You know, so I think as we're talking, some of those other war- warning signs or things are coming up as well because you mentioned the, the personality conflicts, but also anybody who can't support, even right. if they can't see the vision, if you can't even support my vision until I can really see it clearly, you know, like what are we doing? How right. is this a life partnership mm-hmm. if we can't even see eye to eye on, mm-hmm. you know, a desire of mine, something that I want to explore? So I think those little things, um, you know, were probably like orange flags, maybe not red, but little orange flags sticking up all around. Because yeah, um, like I was always trying to battle of being myself. It's like, why well, have to battle to be myself? Well, I just can't naturally be myself. So that was why well, I had to choose myself at the end. You had to choose yourself at the end. And yeah. you and your husband met with a potential business partnership. Did you all eventually go into business together? No, we didn't. No. So uh, actually the, the partnership that we were going to go in together I thought that it was best that he would move forward with it. And then I would continue to do my own thing because I had my another business at that time that I was doing. So we did not do, uh, and we still don't. He has his businesses. I have my businesses. And so you, I think it, it works like better. you prefer that it that way. Yeah, we do. We prefer it better that way because I like to engage with him in conversation about what he has going on with his businesses. And I don't know nothing about mm-hmm. it because I'm not in the meetings. And you're like, oh, so what happened on that call? You know, and so the same thing with me, like, oh, did you get that mean today, boo? Oh, my God, it went down. So we do it, you know, mm-hmm. seals gang, you know, stuff like that, because we really support each other. Like, That's a blessing. he came to me with an idea about, ooh, what it's been about 10, 11 years ago now. And I was like, he was, he said, he came to me with the idea. He was like, now look, it's going to take a lot of time. It's going to take a lot of finances. It's going to, we, we may go down before we go up with this one, but are you in? I was like, I'm in a hundred percent, a hundred percent because I had seen him do these things for himself. Mm-hmm. See, that's another thing about, you know, us being married and or getting a divorce or not. Like, has he been able to take care of himself? Mm-hmm. Well, if he's been able to do that successfully, then he may be able to take care of you successfully. Mm-hmm. You know, has this man, does he know you got to have three times the rent if you are renting? Does he know that you need to have 20% down on the mortgage? Does he know that you need to have somebody taking care of the landscaping? You Basic know, life. Do, doing all the things that the adults do, has he been able to show you that first mm-hmm. before you try to bring on everything that you come with? Because women, we come with a lot. The same way they have their issues and flaws, we have our issues and flaws. But just to see if this person can maintain, you know, that was one of the things with my father. He had never maintained on his own. So if if he hasn't if the road hasn't hasn't been tested out, then how do you know that you can drive on it? Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a situation where uh, I remember we uh, went to one of our houses when we were growing up, and actually the only house that we had in, we were in growing up, um, and my parents were renting it, and I loved it because it has black bathrooms, right? Black walls, black uh, 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 sink, black toilet, the whole nine. I just thought it was so cool. Well, one day we walk up and it's an eviction notice on the door. 
So that's like, you know, when kids have their little spaces that they love, your children may have their little spaces at your house or whatever the case may be that they love, and then that's going to be no more. Then we move into um, uh, an apartment after we left this house that I adored in the cold day sack with all my friends to ride our bikes. And we had to move on the third floor into some apartments that were, you know, quite questionable. And then we were in a devastating fire that we had to jump from the third floor window. And I talk about that in my book, Divorce the Unspoken Childhood Trauma, about what really happens and the trauma that people really don't know you're dragging your children through. Mm-hmm. We're there front and center with all of your mess. And I think that is the part, that's the responsibility that I think we don't yes. take seriously enough. Yes. Like, you're responsible for someone's childhood. You're like, think about how heavy that is. That's you are so responsible heavy. for someone's childhood. Yes. So you have to be healed. Yes. As healed as possible. And I don't think healed is like a destination. I think it's a journey. It's a journey. You have to yes. consistently be seeking healing mm-hmm. because your children are literally, like you said, riding your coattails through all yeah. of this mess, all of this foolishness. They are a part of it and they didn't ask to be part of it. And yeah. so, you know, as, and they're going to have their opinion of it one day. Exactly. And, and you have to deal with that too. Sure. Because guess what? We have they our opinion right. of exactly. our parents. Yep. And mm-hmm. our children, my bonus son is going to have his opinion. Yep. Already does. He's, yep. He'll be 26 Friday. He already has his opinion. We sit down and have those hard conversations. And that's something else, too, you know, uh, in my book I talk about just making sure that you vet people that's going to be around your children. Even if they're just going to be around you, if you can't have a hard conversation and that's your friend or that's your mom or that's your mate, if we can't have hard conversations, then why are we even talking about prolonging this situation and then bringing children into it, knowing that we don't really have a proper foundation, um, knowing that you don't have a proper village. Why are you having children and there's not a proper village? Because guess what? Children need more than just you and dad. There's a village at school. There's a village at the doctor's office. There's a village at the gym. There's a village at at swimming lessons. All of these different places that your child is exposed to. And if you're not open, then how will your children be able to receive those experiences? Because you have to be open to them in order for people to be open to you to want to be a part of your village. And I always say that our children... Especially our black babies. I'm concerned about all babies because I teach them all. But I'm specifically concerned about the color that I am because I've traveled this world and I know what it is that we need specifically. Mm-hmm. We need our village. We need our moms at home with the babies and supporting. We need our fathers in the home supporting um, only 80%, no, not only, but tw- only 20%, excuse me, of our black fathers are in the homes of double parent households. So that means that if you line 10 black men up, only two of them are saying, love you, baby, at nighttime, reading a book to them, you know, going and laying next to their wife and maybe talking about the day, maybe stressed out, maybe not. But 20%, so only two out of 10, we got to show up in a better way. We have to show up in a better way. We have to be proactive and not so reactive. We have to be willing to have these conversations, willing to consider other perspectives, um, willing to realize that everybody has something of value, that you don't have to be an expert, but I believe your experience yes. makes you the expert, right? Yes. And what you've been through, even if you got it wrong, mm-hmm. can teach me what not Absolutely. to do. And so hopefully this has been a therapeutic conversation for y'all. Um, I would love for y'all to share titles of your books, where you can find them, and any final words. Absolutely. So my name is Tara Seals. The name of my book is called Divorce for Unspoken Childhood Trauma. It is on the Amazon bestsellers list. It's available hardcover, uh, audiobook, ebook, whatever your choice. I am the Bossy Educator. You can find me on Instagram at the Bossy Educator. And then my boutique is Body Decor Boutique. Everything is on Instagram and in the bio. Get it there. Okay, my book is Listen Learn. 
the truth behind my $7 million mistake. Um, you can find my book on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles, and it's going to be available um, September the 17th is the book launch. And you can go to $7milliondollarmistake.com to purchase. And you can find me at Tamika Wright Way. That's T-A-M-I-K-A-W-R-I-G-H-T-W-A-Y. And, and all of that will be linked down below. So y'all don't have to remember it. You can just go down below and tap the link. Make sure y'all stay connected with these ladies on Instagram. Check them out online and support. Put your money where your mouth is, okay? Grab a copy or two and share it with a friend. Y'all, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Girls Stop Playing. I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed that episode, make sure you subscribe to the channel so you don't miss out on any upcoming content and take it a step further and go ahead and join our private community over on Patreon because it comes with some pretty bomb perks, including early and discounted access to our upcoming events, behind the scene exclusives with some of your favorite guests, the opportunity to call in on an upcoming show, the chance to vote on topics and guests for brand new shows, and I'm even giving you unlimited access to my vault of business classes where I'm teaching you everything from Airbnb to developing digital products and everything in between. And you can get access to our Patreon for as little as $5 a month, okay? Get in where you fit in, and I'll see you on the inside. Peace. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com, code SUPER24.